It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? We're back on Lacrosse Classified, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. It's Jake Elliott, Santino Farah, my man, back for another show here, Tino, and uh, beautiful, beautiful day out there today, and uh, kind of tough to be inside recording when it's uh, as beautiful as it is out there, but uh, welcome back to Lax Class. We need to talk lacrosse. Uh, the classmates demand it. What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. That coming have we have, has has lax class or or in any of your uh, iterations of the podcast in the past? Have you ever done like an on location podcast? That just you, you got that in my head now when you just mentioned how unfortunate it is to be inside recording. Like, well, is there is there a world where we take this on location somewhere? I. Yeah, Brad and I have entertained like doing a lacrosse Canada during the <laughs> summer, like getting into like, you know, f- historic rinks across our country and, and doing something like that over the years. But, uh, you know, uh, we've done the show from the President's Cup. We've uh, done the show from San Diego. But like as far as like out amongst the the people in the public no we have not done that but i uh, would not be opposed to that idea like maybe going to the john b pub or something one night and just inviting people to stop by and hang out with could the be markets. uh yeah could, could, could be cool if you ever wanted to uh, roll out some video content or something it could be cool to do an on location version or something things to consider for sure uh we will do that at another time tino as we have a lot to talk about here this week on the show and we're running out of teams which is a good thing because that means the season is right around the corner but our nll season previews continue San Diego and Rochester up this week. Uh, we'll have Patrick Merrill in quarter number two. You'll dip out for quarter number three. You got some uh, some wedding things to attend to. And uh, I'll catch up with Dan Carey. Myself in quarter three. Lax class locks. Uh, Tino, it's it's not a good situation uh, over on the Cool Bad account. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a, man, oh, man, I had some bad beats this week, like one-point basketball losses. I had a plus 5,000 six-game football parlay and went five for six on it. (laughs) Just rattled, like absolutely rattled for two days on that. But uh, we'll try and uh, put some Jumbo Bucks in your pocket. I think we're going to go Canadian-style. CFL divisional playoffs are up, and uh, we're going to put a little lock together for you. Uh, for some Canadian football this week, uh, we have a number of quick sticks, at least I do, to get through in quarter number four as well. Uh, big focus is coming up in quarter number one, two. So lots of things to get to, people to talk to. But before all that, you know, how was, how was the weekend? I always have to ask you. Yeah, weekend was good, especially here in our neck of the woods out here in Vancouver. A lot of people were calling it like the mega weekend of sports oh, with, with yes. I mean, the, the Lions were playing an important game at BC Place. The Canucks have been rolling. They were playing on Saturday night. And then the Caps 
the uh, the Whitecaps had their game on Sunday as well, which, oh my God, what a controversial ending that was. I don't know what in the world is going on with that ref, but sure in terms of like how the weekend was for sports out here in Vancouver, it was unbelievable. The Lions are absolutely rolling. Like I said, the Canucks and at the time of recording, like just last night, beat the wheels off of Teddy's Oilers, which always feels fantastic. Um, but yeah, unfortunately the caps couldn't get it done. Uh, thanks to an Rough. extra defender out there on the, uh, on the field that Playing a lot of people teams. weren't expecting Playing two teams that night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> weekend. Uh, I went to the powwow over on the North shore this weekend. You know, that was uh, a lot of fun. It was kind of, well, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a little heavy too, to be honest with you, because the powwow, I don't know if it was intended, but it kind of surrounded remembrance day veterans, uh, indigenous people that have served their their country in a different you know different variety of capacities and kind of telling their stories so it was uh you know a little remembrance day slash powwows you know it was a it was a different type of of powwow than than they've used to but then they had the dancing going and stuff so that was all good actually played a a pop-up course in Coquitlam, Westwood Plateau. You know, I don't know if you've ever played any ball golf up there, but uh, they set up a disc golf course on Westwood Plateau over the weekend. Got a chance to get out there. My buddy Dan hit like a 300-foot ace. It was super cool to watch. And uh, what else? Then took in some football. And I think that's about it, man. Didn't accomplish much else over the weekend. I can't take any, like anything that you say – I immediately can't take seriously when I hear ball golf used. This is insane. Uh, you know what? <laughs> there was, you know, because they had booked the day off on the course for this disc golf event. And, of course, you know, some people that don't know how to use a telephone or book online or whatever showed up with their ball golf clubs <laughs> looking to play out on the course to be turned away. Oh, the snark and snide remarks I heard from these ball golfers about how disc golf was taking over the course for the day and they couldn't get out there. My God, like just, you know, learn to share, learn to open your mind a little bit and uh, put some respect on the sport of disc golf, please. You know how you like blow a gasket every time you have to say Ferratino on Twitter or Tino Ferret. That's how I feel when you say ball. If you were talking about like the soccer golf that people play sometimes, if you were calling that ball golf, then sure. But to go to a golf course and be like, these ball golfers need to learn. <laughs> Come on. You're the only guy. You're the only guy that feels like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on your mind before we get into the big program here, Santino? We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, let's get into it. And by the way, uh, I mean, hopefully, there's uh, going to be the debut of a new Mitch oh, Jones drop. Oh uh, yeah, don't don't spoil it. We got a big. It's big focus time first. <laughs> big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus, big focus, big focus, big focus, big focus, big focus, big focus. Tino spilled the beans. He slaved away for uh, a couple of days here, putting this little number together. As the big focus is brought to you by 
Mitch Jones. How do you know all this? What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Real estate agent? Real estate agent? Real estate agent? Pretty good there, Tino. I must say, well done on on that little soundbite for Mitchell Jones Realty, who is uh, a proud sponsor here on Lacrosse Classified. He's powered by Stonehouse Realty. And when you have a team like Stonehouse behind you, you know you're going to get a commitment to your satisfaction. And that's huge in the real estate market. You want to be, you don't want to be walking away from the most significant purchase that you'll ever make in your life feeling unsatisfied. Can you imagine Mitch Jones and his team at Stonehouse want to give you an exceptional experience and they believe in building long lasting relationships with their clients as well. Give Mitch Jones and his team at Stonehouse Realty a call, 604-916-6772. Probably best to do it during the week right now if you want to get a hold of Mitch as uh, training camp for the Philly Wings. He was back east last week, and I think he's kind of bouncing back and forth right now, but always available on the cell phone, Mitch Jones and his team there at Stonehouse for all your real estate needs, have a place to sell, need a place to buy. Mitch Jones Realty, powered by Stonehouse, is your Guy, big focus this week, Tino, and NLL dropping some pretty significant news here with their brand new initiative, this brand new program. It's called NLL Unboxed, and the concept behind it here is to get equipment and resources into elementary schools around North America introduce kids to the sport of lacrosse, give the tools to the PE teachers so they they know how to teach the sport, get them the proper equipment so they're using the right equipment to enjoy and learn and discover the great sport of lacrosse as we lead our way into the LA 28 Olympics. Six is style here, but the NLL unveiling this, this is massive news. Nine initial cities to go along with the 15 existing cities that they have. And they've already started to roll out a few of the team names. Yeah, and uh, some of the, I mean, the Tampa Bay Snowbirds was the first one. And they, like, set the bar so high. This is such a cool logo. I think it's such a cool team name. And then they've rolled out as well, at least to this point. There's probably, there might be another one or two by the time people are listening to this, the Ottawa electrics. Uh, and then shortly after that came the St. Louis rhythm, which I love the rhythm logo. And all they well. need to do with that logo, Tino is just make that guitar lacrosse stick. And then they would have <laughs> just absolutely nailed it. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I do still like it as it is. And I know they're like, it looks like they're kind of following the same uh, theme a little bit there with the colors and with the theme as, as the St. Louis blues in the NHL. But you know, Casey Powell is going to be a big part of this. Of course, he's done speed he's done the whole lacrosse. speed lacrosse yep. uh, thing as well. So I know he's going to be a big factor with bringing this to the schools. And what I really like about this as well is, like, I have a few friends that are teachers. Um, and uh, Jen's brother, for example, is a gym teacher. And they've done, like, lacrosse units in the past and stuff. And so I've talked to him a little bit about it. And in some cases, they're still using... I mean, like when I was growing up, it was my first ever lacrosse stick. It was kind of like the one piece where the plastic head has that bar that goes across <laughs> yes. the front. So the ball can't come out when you're 
like first practicing. It's like, like what a, I mean, like at, for the time when I was growing up and for kids that have never picked up a lacrosse stick before, like, yeah, it's a cool way for you to like build a little bit of confidence in, in the, in the way that the ball will never fall out the front. But in today's day, like, man, let's get some real sticks in these kids' hands and, and teach them the proper way to cradle and, and pick up the ball and, and pass and shoot and all these kind of things. And with LA 28 being just around the corner, the opportunity is is huge right now to try to be able to get lacrosse in the forefront of so many young minds with still some time to work with here so that ideally when it is 2028 and the olympics are rolling around we have this whole new wave of of kids and fans and and players that are are gonna want to you know potentially be there live in person or be watching from home telling their friends about it like this is all about the the overall goal of trying to get as many people behind lacrosse as humanly possible and trying to get as many eyes and as much respect on the sport as humanly possible. I think this is an unreal initiative. I, th- I think this is incredibly uh, well thought out by the, by the league. Yeah. And you know, they have targeted some specific market. You want to get an idea on, on how old I am, Tina. My dad was also a PE teacher at high school and the high school that I ended up going. But when I was a kid, and he was he was the girls' basketball coach. During nights, I would just go up to the gym in the spare gym and shoot while he was coaching basketball. But I always got access to the equipment room there, Tino. And up there in the old equipment room at Centennial High School, there used to be garbage cans just full of full, woody, traditional sticks. Whoa. And I used to be able to, you know, each lacrosse season that would roll around in April and I might get my dad in trouble, but he's no longer with us. So I think I'll be okay. But he, like he would like be, all right, like lacrosse season's here, pick two. And I would, (laughs) I would go up and I would, you know, spend hours going through these garbage cans, looking at sticks, picking out sticks. Superboys, Logans, ETs, they had them all there, Tino. And uh, I just think back to that, all those woodies just sitting in barrels up in the old dusty equipment room at Centennial. But anyways, uh, as I rip myself off of memory lane, they have targeted nine initial cities here. And and you mentioned a couple already, the Tampa Bay area. But St. Louis uh, has come out, Ottawa, Montreal on that list, Charlotte, Baltimore, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Salt Lake City, Seattle uh, are your other teams, and then they'll start to kind of branch out from there. One team and one city that I would have really loved to see on there would have been Edmonton. I just think that would have balanced out the entire country from Halifax right through to BC. They kind of missed that one. But I, I like the initial nine cities and having a couple of Canadian ones on there as well, I think is key. And, you know, if they really commit to this, they have some real lofty goals on how many participants they want to have playing lacrosse by LA 28. And, and there's a lot of work to do, but I think this is a really good launching point. And I, and I, I think they got this thing figured out and this is a great start, a great initiative and just uh, massive kudos to Brett Fruit and everybody involved with this new program that the NLL has launched out here, NLL Unboxed. And if, if I could just go back down like the memory lane uh, area just for like a, a quick second, I'll, I promise I'll relate it back to, uh, to where we're going here. But um, I look back at, 
I mean, everybody kind of went through this when they were like in elementary school and they were doing floor hockey, for example, and there's the big bucket of the plastic sticks and everybody would go in there and rifle through to just like you did with the lacrosse sticks where you're trying to find like your perfect stick and give it the, the perfect curve that you want. And then if you were able to get the one that you want and you're able to get that curve, you try to hide it so that you can have it. There's a hilarious, like Mr. D skit about it. Like it's, there's the people have joked about this kind of thing, but I think it would be so cool now with all of this uh, equipment and this initiative being brought into elementary schools, if something like this could become a thing for kids in the entry levels of lacrosse, where they become so enamored with the sport and so excited about it in the early stages that these kids are like, there's a kid going into gym class and he finds that perfect stick for him that, that he scores goals with. He loves the way it feels. It's got the pocket that he likes It's strung the way he likes. And he's hiding it now because he's like, this is my stick, man. Nobody touch my, like, I want this stick every time. I think that that's like the thought of that, I think could be, could be really cool to try to drive this new amount of passion into this younger generation. Love it, man. Love it. So there you go. Good luck to everybody with uh, NLL Unboxed. I can't wait to kind of see how this all plays out. Speaking of playing out, we got more podcasts to play out. As we move our way into quarter number two, our NLL season previews continue as we only have four teams left to do. And two of them are on deck here. First up, it's San Diego, the head coach and general manager, Mr. Patrick Merrill. The Mad Dog joins us in quarter two. Stay classified. This is Andrew Suter. You're listening to the Cross Classified. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into quarter number two here on Lax Class 260. As our NLL season previews continue, they continue being brought to you by Rycor Construction, who are the best in the business in the renovation construction industry, of course. They make it stand out, family-owned and operated here in the Lower Mainland, residential interior and exterior renovations. Check out their work for your eyes uh, at Instagram and Facebook at Rycor Construction, Inc., or go to their website at www.rycorconstruction.ca and see how they make it stand out for yourself. Tell you what was standing out was uh, the pictures and the videos coming from Southern California for the opening week of the San Diego Seals training camp. As we welcome back the head coach and general manager of those San Diego Seals and Patrick Merrill. And Pat, I saw, welcome back by the way, but I saw a video of uh, Jakey Dunbar with uh, with a backhand flipper from Curtis Dixon, who gave him a backhand flipper, and then just an absolute gross dunk from Westberg during training camp. Uh, let's start there. The departure of Kevin Crowley to Vancouver has clearly opened up a spot on that right side, and Jake yeah. Dunbar coming off a, a, a real good campaign in the WLA on, on a bit of a, a weaker team in the Burnaby Lakers, but nonetheless... Jake Dunbar has been kind of knocking on the door here, got a real good taste at the WLA level. And I would think that that's his job to either grab or lose going into training camp. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I would agree. I think, I think Jake, uh, has had a really, really good summer this past summer in Burnaby and, and, uh, he, he's certainly ready for this opportunity. I think he, you know, he, he's been a really good soldier and good teammate over the last couple of seasons with us as a young guy. And, 
you know, what better players to learn from than Wes and, and Curtis and Kevin and, and, and the guys that he's kind of been playing behind. But, you know, I know he's, he's a competitive guy. He's, he's a confident kid uh, in his own abilities. So, you know, I, I, I can, I can see him having a bit of a breakout season this year. You know, he's uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously there's still work to be done to, to establish kind of who's going to, who's going to fit in where, right. As, as training camp goes along, but, um, but yeah, he's looked, he looked really, really good the first week. Uh, your brother Brody Merrill. I mean, that's, that's obviously one of the big talking points of the off season for the seals, uh, retiring after an 18 year pro career. Um, and without even mentioning, you know, the other additions or changes the San Diego has made, like that's, that's probably the biggest, like I said, but I'm pretty sure the answer to how do you replace Brody Merrill is you don't, or you can't, but there obviously has to be some sort of path forward when you're now losing a guy that just eats so many minutes and, and grabs so many loose balls and plays such a presence. So with that in mind, what is the path forward with no more Brody Merrill in the lineup? Yeah, it's uh, again, I, I agree. I, I, we're not, we're not trying to replace Brody, um, you know, in terms of, the type of leader he was or what, what he brought to the team. He's, you know, obviously we all know what, what he could do. And I think he's kind of in a pretty elite class of players of all time, right. That have played in this league. So, you know, I think the way we looked at it over the course of the off season, you know, we had a good idea that he was kind of leading that way and likely wouldn't be back. You know, we tried to, you know, we're going to need some guys to step up into, into bigger roles uh, that we that we think uh, are prepared to do that, um, both from a leadership perspective and on the floor. Um, and then we had to, you know, I, you know, look at ways where we can kind of start filling the filling the void on the floor, like by committee, right? And you know, you know, starting with you know how aggressive we were to 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 acquire Kyle Rubish. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, Matt, there, you know, that, that's a pretty so, good hole filler right there. And, uh, and Kyle <laughs> yeah. And again, there's only one Kyle Rubish and there's only one Brody Merrill, right? And yeah. they're different guys and different players. But, you know, even just, just you know, I was I was fortunate enough to be a, a teammate of Rubes' back in the day in Brampton. And, uh, you know, I hadn't been around him that closely since, you know, and obviously I heard him from afar and competing against him and watching, watching him play for all these years since. But, but man, like... Uh, he, he's just, uh, he's just a stable. Uh, yeah. He's just a stabilizing force back there, you know, and he's so smart and he can do so many different things that uh, I, I don't want to say again, softens the ball. I don't know what right, what the right term is, but um, you know, it obviously starts there uh, with regards to, you know, moving forward with El Brody. Well, I, I'm just looking up and down the roster and there's so many guys I kind of feel like I want to, touch on here the addition of trevor baptiste a bona fide number one face-off guy that i think you guys have been kind of searching for for a while i think the emergence of matt sykes last season along with danny logan who took a giant leap are are going to kind of continue to trend up i i look at patrick shoemate pat coming off a man cup appearance where he might have been the top defender in that tournament mm-hmm. The list goes on here. Uh, you know, Kyle Jackson will be a nice little addition to your offensive lineup. Uh, a new look in goal with Brandon Humphrey in the mix here. And and O'Rig uh, kind of taking over the reins as your number one guy. And although there's a lot of, you know, familiar faces from, from the last couple of years, this is going to be kind of a new looking team as a whole going into this season. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know really where you want it, where you want me. I to don't start know. There, there probably wasn't even a que- there wasn't even a question in there. You know, I didn't even mention Mike Poulin and and how good Trey yeah. Leclaire was to start the year. But like, I don't know. Just yeah. give me your general expectations from some of those guys I mentioned going into the season. Yeah, I mean, we clearly had a lot of, you know. Um, you know, it's weird because, you know, we, we have a lot of guys that are returning and I, I feel like our core core is intact. And, but we also, you know, brought in a lot of new faces last summer of change in a lot of ways and, uh, and, and in some really, really exciting ways for us. And, you know, with, with Trevor, that was, that was a priority. Like, you know, we, Danny, we never really had a, a guy that was like a true, you know, elite level. And that's no disrespect to the work that the guys had done for us up until now but we, we just felt like with the type of offense that we had and then obviously losing the best loose ball player of all time uh, off of our face-off team we need we needed some help there we need to address that so acquiring trevor was uh was was again something that was uh we feel for, fortunate to have uh gotten done over the course of the off season he's also just uh you know he has some history with wes and and danny from from Denver, du yeah. and He's just a good, he's just a good fit for our group personality wise. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, really, really excited about him. Yeah. With Chris, we felt like, again, locking him into a five-year deal uh, was a big move uh, and a vote of confidence that we felt like he earned and uh, you know, had a great summer in Orangeville and then kind of similar to what we were talking about with Dunny, where um, learning from Frankie over the last couple of years and, and then just also like coming into his own as a professional uh, and learning under Bob Watson, our goalie coach, like uh, we just felt like it was his time Do you, have you know, a plan? to take the reins. Sorry, Pat. Do you have like yeah. a, a plan in place there with, you know, you got Mike Poulin, who's an established veteran, won a lot of games in this league. I don't think you, you want to ride him and, and use him as your workhorse, but have you like envisioned a plan in your mind how you want to see that tandem work with Pooley and Ulrich? You know, again, I, I think we're going to ha- see how it plays out. But, you know, I think, I think Mike's w- won a few teammate of the year awards in this league. He's uh, he's anyone that knows him or has played with him or played in front of him or, you know, knows how great of a guy he is and how great of a teammate he is. Um, we're going to need him to stop the ball as well. You know, but but to start, it's going to be Chris's net. And uh, and Mike knows that. And uh and and we're gonna, we're, we're, but we we realize in, in order for us to get to where we need to go, and get into the playoffs and beyond, you know, we're gonna need both guys, you know, to to get the job done. And you know, I think they have both have have great, you know, big great strengths. And Mike has that kind of championship playoff experience uh, that I think is going to really help uh, help Chris. Um, but uh, you know, we plan to use them both. Did you we have- don't have a specific game plan yet, All but right. to answer your question, um, but you know how that that evolves over the course of a sure. season, right? We're, we're week to week in this league and whoever's the hottest and whoever is going to give us the best chance to win is going to play. Did they, did they have the, the teammate of the year award back in your playing days, Patty? I imagine the mad dog must've won a few of those. If it was around, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I didn't win. I, I think I might've won one within the rock, you right. know, right. team awards one year, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember if it was a league award or not when I was still playing, but, uh, you know, I don't think you need an award for that type You'd of stuff. You get my vote back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, you mentioned playoffs uh, a little bit there, and and I mean, not to you know, like open up an old wound, but back to back years now, you guys have fallen short 
at the hands of the Colorado Mammoth. I mean, I'm, I'm sure from a fan's perspective, it would be absolutely electric to see that build into a bigger rivalry. But from your standpoint, what has to happen for you guys to be able to get over that hump and beat a team like Colorado or just get that next step towards the finals? Yeah, you didn't just reopen it. You just threw salt in, in the wound while you were at it. Hey, he tries uh, to be so casual about uh, it and then just twist the knife. I know. His delivery was so yeah. kind-hearted. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, obviously we've developed a really, uh, big rivalry and we've been on the wrong side of it the last couple of years, uh, um, with Colorado. I, again, I, I think as a, as an organization and as a team, you know, you don't want to get specifically kind of caught up in the emotions of a loss right at the end of the year, but you do need to learn from the, you, you need, you need to use those lessons to learn how to win in the future. Right. And, and, you know, the way I looked at it over the course of the off season is that, you know, we're not building this team or rebuilding this team or making this team better just to beat Colorado. We want to be the best. We want to be the best. Right. And, and we realized again, after getting beat by them the second time in a row in a, in, in a in a playoff game that you know that we're not there yet you know so you know all the names that you mentioned jumbo and and then as well the development of some of the players that are coming back you know is all part of that process you know and and then and then obviously learning from 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 the losses you know and we're, we're hoping that this time around like we're not we're not having to learn any more lessons yeah. in the playoffs yeah. you well, know and, we're, and like- we're we're going to get over the top you know, that was something we were, we were talking to, to Kurt Styers about with Halifax, that it the temptation is probably there to go, okay, like we, we didn't get it done. We're not good enough. We're, we didn't win the championship. We need to make changes. But then there's mm-hmm. got to be the other side of you that realizes, hey, like we had a great regular season. We beat a lot of teams. We weren't, you know, we're a goal here, a, a save there. We're not that far off and we can't panic and, and break everything down and start over here because we're not that far away. So like you gotta you gotta kinda find the balance on the tweaks yep. more than than the straight overhaul, right? Absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with you. And then there's so many great teams in the league now, right? There's so much parity and it's so competitive and now with the you know, the one division, right. It, it, it's, it's going to hold, throw a whole other dimension, uh, to, to this, into this season that, um, is going to be a lot different. You know, we might not even see Colorado yeah. in the playoffs this year, you know, and it's going to be a grind to get there, you know, and, uh, and you know, you're right. We, we had such a positive season. I mean, we, we finished 14 and four, we had a, we had a great regular season. I mean, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and we came up a little bit short. So, you know, and I, I will say I was pretty emotional and disappointed, obviously, in the summertime after we lost and in the spring. And, and when Brody, you know, decided, you know, made the call uh, to tell me that he wasn't going to play this year. You know, he's like, I, I, you know, I've got one condition. He's like, don't uh, don't you dare blow that thing up because, you right know, because the team, the, 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 the team's right there and, and, and we're getting better. And, um, you know, and, and you mentioned some names there, you know, through like the Danny Logans and the Matt Sykes and the Chris Irregularies and the Jacob Dunbars and the Trey Leclerc's like, they're just kind of, they're, they're coming just, into it. They're, they're just, just reaching. Ca- their, they're yeah. just coming into it. They're just kind of coming into it. And, uh, you know, and then we have some great uh, veteran leadership too, um, to surround those guys with. So, you know, we're, we're going to, 
you know, we felt like, again, we got some better, better and some subtle and, and specific areas that hope, hope, hopefully help us down the line. But, um, you know, you can't, you, you, you can't look too far ahead either. And you, and you certainly can't dwell in the rear view, rear view mirror. So, you know, it starts weekend one against shooter and the roughnecks and, and we take it well, from there. <laughs> speaking of that, you know, I got to jump in here. Uh, you know, Shooter no longer with you guys. He's now the head coach in Calgary. Obviously, you kind of know what, what he's all about, and he's going to know what you're all about. But, you know, put that aside. You go out and, and acquire Halsey, which I, I love this move here, Pat. Jordan Hall, one of the one of the greats here that our league has seen, and I think his coaching mind is just ready to blossom. And then, uh, you know, one of your old Toronto Rock buddies here, one of the best to do it on the back end, and Cam Woods. Just talk quickly here about your two new coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, sh- uh, Shooter's one of my best friends and and uh, very des- deserving of, of that role in, in Calgary. I'm going to miss working with them. Just grateful for that time together. Um, you know, um, learned so much from him over our time together. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, again, I'm, I'm really excited about what Halsey and Woodsy are going to bring to the table here in San Diego and very fortunate to get to play with those guys as well. You know, at kind of different phases of my career as a player. Uh, I never played with them at the same time, so they didn't know each other kind of coming in, kind of cut from the same cloth, different guys. But uh, I think anyone that's, that knows those guys really well, um, you know, as teammates, um, competitors, you know, yeah, like that's the, they're, that's they're, the word that comes to my mind. Yeah. yeah. Competitors, Co- competitors, really unselfish guys, great leaders, you know, on every team that they ever played on, um, uh, very well-respected guys. Like, you know, even like they just have a presence about them walking into camp. Like those are, those are big shoes to fill, you know, coming into our training camp, you know, and, uh, you know, they just got, get automatic respect from the guys and they, and they, and they fit in right away. And, uh, and they're, they're just easy guys to be around. Right. I don't know many people that know those guys that don't like them. Yeah. Right. So really, really excited about it. And they're really keen. It's their kind of first opportunity to be coordinators, full-time coordinators in this league. And they're well-deserving of that. And I think, uh, you know, it's also a good new, fresh, fresh set of eyes, that I, that I really trust to look at our team critically, you know, like over time you get used to things and, and you look at guys in certain ways and, you know, sometimes a fresh set of eyes coming in, it's like, okay, well, you know, what about this? Or what about that guy? I really like, I really think this guy can bring something different to the table. And, and that fresh perspective, I think is going to make us, you know, uh, you know, a stronger group and um, going forward. and, And I'm really excited to work with them. Uh, okay, so since on my last question I open up an old wound, I'll try to go. I'll try to bring back like <laughs> get, some positive memories. Get, get out uh, the this time around. <laughs> iodine, uh, whatever else. Yeah. Just going back to last season, you you like your team was a part of some of the craziest moments of the season. Like I'm talking about uh, the early game in the season against Saskatchewan when you guys had this crazy comeback and ended up winning in overtime, and then of course the outdoor game as well in front of. Uh, a, a pretty big <laughs> fan base uh, for that matter as well. Um, and you guys have some of the most electric pieces on the team as well. You talk about like Dobie and Dixon and 
I mean, Austin Stotts is, is an electric factory <laughs> on his own. I can't believe we're 20, 25 minutes into this interview, Pat. We have not mentioned know, Austin mentioned Stotts. Audi. Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. But just, just speak to the <clears throat> maybe how important this fan base has been or this growing fan base has been to this team. Because like I said, you guys have been a part of some pretty emotional games. And uh, I mean, looking back to that Saskatchewan one in front of just about 7,500 fans. So, so what has this growing fan base been like to play in front of? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, um, it, it's a very committed and passionate fan base, you know, for, a for an untraditional, you know, un- untraditional lacrosse market, a new franchise, especially with kind of COVID hitting right when it did, when we were first just getting started and kind of building some momentum. Um, they're, they're a very knowledgeable and, and, and very passionate group. And, um, and, you know, I, you know, I'm hoping, and, and we started to get some momentum as the, as the season went on last year, that, uh, especially when we're winning games, yeah, keep winning. you know, it was a really, really, yeah. Like they were paying attention, right. And they were starting to show up, you know, more and more and more as the season went on. And, uh, I think that's a good sign going forward. And, and we certainly feed off of it, you know, um, you know, in San Diego. Uh, it, but, you know, I, I think you're going to see over the next couple of years, it, it start to really grow. And um, yeah, so I, I think a lot, a lot had to do with that. They really paid attention to the type of dynamic players that we have, but also they, they, they're hungry for a winner, right? They, yeah. I, I think, Again, some of the additions that we made in the offseason, like Doves has become a, a fan favorite there. Audie's been, you know, uh, like since the first second he stepped on the floor there in San Diego, he's been, uh, you know, has been a player that they've always rallied around uh, in San Diego. And and I think pretty hard to argue that he was probably one of the best players in the world this past summer. Um, and, you know, he came into camp probably in the best shape he's ever been in and Yikes. really hungry. And, and he's only 25 years old still. We forget that. Again, we have some great young players, too, that are really fun to watch and to follow. And especially some of the younger American players that we have that they're familiar with from the PLL and stuff. You guys, Danny, Danny Logan is going to be a player. Stop. Um, he already is. Pat. I, Let's I, not kid ourselves I, here. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like he was kind of one of the best, you know, no one really talked about him a whole lot, whether it's because we were, you know, you know, we had so many other good players and, we, you know, maybe we're, we're out West in a kind of a smaller market, but man, like this kid, there's nothing on the floor that this can't, kid can't do. And, yeah. um, and he just plays that kind of like electric style that, um, you know, our fan base really seems to like. And, and most importantly, Joe likes as well. Yeah. Right. You know, and, you know, and, um, so well, listen, uh, I'm really, really excited about this brand of, of lacrosse that we're going to bring to the table this year. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, if there's one thing I know, Pat, is that Steve Govett will not rest until this franchise is a success and wins a championship. Like, I know that is he wants to see the Seals flourish and he wants to see the Seals win. So I got to ask, you know, you did the big outdoor game. Uh, at Snapdragon, you were scheduled to to have a game on an aircraft uh, or an Air Force base prior to that. So, uh, what's the plan this year for for Steve Govett and the Seals? Like, are we going up on a rocket ship? Are we going under the ocean in a bubble? What What are we doing this year for the Seals? You know what i I don't know yet. I I know I know that you know whatever Steve and and Paul Speaker and Joe have up their up their sleeve in San Diego. All right. Is gonna is gonna like you said is gonna be 
something unique and something that's going to bring attention to our game and, and, and grow the game in our market and be, you know, an exciting and uh, exhilarating experience for, for our fans and players and staff. So okay. they haven't really they're like you know what you stay focused on 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 winning games and we'll we'll take care of the rest which is a smart decision on there nice beaches down you know, on delray not... and uh you know. yeah okay. exactly like okay. you know just uh you know focus on the on, on on getting the boys ready for the season and and putting a good team together and you know but I, i'm excited you know again it's it's such a special place to be you know that and uh you know but steve and and the rest of the folks there in the in the front office they're like you know, they think outside of the box sure. and, and they pride themselves on, you know, obviously helping us put together a competitive team, but also, you know, making it a cool experience and taking really good care of, of their people. And they're, you know, they're there for the long haul, right? They want to make sure that this, that, that, that this, this market takes off on and off the floor and, and has success on and off the floor. So I'm, I feel very fortunate to work there. I have no doubt. Uh, last one here, Pat. We appreciate your time. We've kept you a while here. Uh, you mentioned before we jumped on, you're heading to Vancouver this weekend uh, for camp, and, and a few other teams are as well. So you'll play a couple of exhibition games. You want to run those down for any SEALs fans that may be listening that want to come out and check out the San Diego SEALs this weekend. And then mm-hmm. uh, your plan leading up to the season, and then we'll let you go. Yeah, so we uh, we looked at things a little bit differently this year with training camp. Is uh, we didn't we didn't bring as many guys to camp as we have in years past, you know. And uh, but uh, so we felt it was important for us to get a couple early exhibition games and uh, against you know two of our two of our rivals in Calgary and Colorado. So we're 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 flying into town on Friday afternoon. We're gonna have a late practice on Friday night. Uh, more of a kind of a shoot around type practice to get ready for, we have a 2 PM, 2 PM game against Calgary on Saturday afternoon. And then we, we wrap things up with a early game against Colorado on, on, on Sunday morning, 7, 15 AM start. So, uh, I may make it for the second half of that one, Pat, second half action for that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's pretty strong. I don't blame you. So, but, uh, you know, again, we have, uh, we have some spot, we have some openings, right? We have some roster spots that uh, we're still not sure of, you know, in terms of who's going to take the reins and, and grab those spots. So we're looking to see some stuff out of our guys, but, but also we're going to be using these as, 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 uh, as tune-up games for, um, you know, for the, for, to prepare, you know, to put systems in and, and get our, get our rust off and get our returning guys ready to go for December 9th. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're basically, you know, going to, you know, pretty much get our roster down after this weekend. So it's a really important weekend for us. And then we're gradually going to, from there, start preparing the team, you know, just through practices leading up to December 9th. We have a bye the first weekend of the season. So uh, we'll get to watch some other teams play and and get ourselves ready and kind of take our time and kind of more of a gradual way. Sounds good, man. Uh, I lied. All good at the Hill. We didn't bring up the Hill yet. I'm always looking for that kind of retirement gig at the Hill when, I, when it's all said. Thanks, man. Yeah, you let me know when you're ready, man. Okay. You let me know when you're ready. Corner but, uh, office, yeah, you know, overlooking the field, and we'll just call it a day. Okay. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're doing well. It's, uh, you know, I split time back and forth between. I'm I'm here in, in Ontario right now at the Hill. Um as we speak. And, uh, so I, I get this kind of split time between the two, between San Diego and the Hill and, 
everything's great. You know, Brody, you know, now is, you know, really excited about kind of digging in. And, and uh, I think we have one of our best teams ever uh, right. for lacrosse, for, right. for our top team and Hill pride. All young talent. Hail pride. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's going well. Thanks for asking. I appreciate your time here, Pat. Uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend and uh, the San Diego seals rolling out on December the 9th. Uh, keep, Keep that Cooper and Ocello uh, in in their lanes back there as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's I yeah, I don't stand a chance okay. with those two. Just, but uh, when they're at the they're sushi beauties. table, look out. That's all I can say. <laughs> Get out of the way. Yeah. is what you mean. There Get you out go. of the way. All right, Pat. Yeah, thanks so, for doing this, man. Always a pleasure, fellas. See you this weekend. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, take care, guys. There you go, head coach, general manager of the San Diego Seals. He's been there since day one. He was the guy that uh, you know when Steve took over that organization. He went out. Pat Merrill. That's who he wanted. He built that franchise around, starting with him and. Uh, Man, 14-4 and four last year, Tino. You know the Seals are looking to take the next step this year. The, the dangerous thing for me with all these previews that we're doing is that by the end of each interview, I'm, like, fired up about the team, and I'm fully on Everybody's the bandwagon. Everybody's winning the championship. So I'm, so I'm fired up about the Seals right now. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Me too. Uh, purple and gold. Love it. All right, uh, quarter two, halftime, Tino. We got to get to break. Dan Carey, you'll dip out. I'm going to handle Dan Carey myself. We're going to talk Rochester Nighthawks with uh, with the GM of Rochester. Dan Carey is next. Quarter three. Stay classified. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Bob Watson. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. As we move into quarter number two, maybe we don't. I need to clear my throat. It's brought to you by Associated Labels and Packaging. They are the best in the business when it comes to labels and packages. They've been our sponsor since day number one, and you should look these guys up. AssociatedLP.com. They focus on quality. They focus on ethics. And, of course, family-owned over 40 years of experience in the label and packaging industry. Everything needs a label or a package. Go to Associated Labels and Packaging. To get yours, as we welcome back to Lax Class, uh, I want to say third, fourth time now here for the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks. We're talking K-Hawks here with GM Dan Carey. Welcome back to Lax Class, Dan. How are things? Thanks for having me on, Jake. Things are good. Can't complain. Good, man. Uh, How about you? Yeah, excellent. Thank you for asking. And I'm excited to get the season going here, and I'm sure you and, and your Nighthawks are as well, especially, Dan, coming off, you know, a 10-8 and eight campaign. You get yourself into the playoffs after a couple of disappointing years, I would say, previously. You meet the Bandits who go on to win the championship in that opening round. That didn't go your way, but... I, I think that the point and, and where I'm going with it is, you know, you guys took a real good step there last year, 10 and eight record into the playoffs. And now I kind of get the feeling from you guys, it's time to take the next step here for Rochester. 
Yeah, that's that's the hope. And kind of going back, I wouldn't say our you know the first few years from our standpoint were disappointing. Fair, fair enough. It's 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 a hard league to win in, right? And we know there's a lot of parity and there's a lot of great teams. Um, we've you know we've been building this thing with a younger core. Uh, you know, we're developing guys. We, we know it's going to take some time. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to kind of go through those struggles. It's really difficult to be honest. I think most people would agree with that and, and understand that. Um, and we do have a really competitive group when it comes to everybody involved, you know, all of our players, staff, um, it's a, it's a group that really wants to win and, and wants to, you know, have success long-term. Um, and that's kind of our goal here is, is what we're doing and, and the process that we're sticking with is, is that long-term success that we're looking for. So, you know, we, we did have a, a good year last year, uh, a lot of great things to build off of a lot of things to learn from, you know, we, we started off really strong and then struggled throughout the end of the year, but battled through it and found our way into the playoffs. Definitely, you know, got, uh, took our medicine against Buffalo, which, you know, they proved that they are, you know, they were the best team in the league. And, um, you know, we we definitely learned a lot in that playoff game. But we're expecting another step forward this year in, in a lot of different ways. So, you know, we're not too focused on a record. Definitely a goal of ours is to get back in the playoffs. But we got some other younger guys coming in. We've made some changes and and really feel strongly about, you know, our culture and the guys that we have here that are that are all really invested in this. So, uh, expectations are, you know, like they are, you know, each year we're going to continue to strive to get better. And every one of our guys is bought into that. I, I think you bring up an interesting point with, you know, the slow build, if you will, Dan, doing things the right way, building through the draft, keeping a, a young core together, letting these guys kind of mature and, and grow together. And I don't know if every team, every owner, every market, has the luxury and maybe even the support as a general manager to do that. But clearly the Nighthawks have got that. And, and, and you're telling me like everybody's aware of the game plan in Rochester to have this kind of slow build here of, of where you want to go. And listen, you, you just don't build a championship franchise in, in a couple of years here these things take time and it, and it sounds like you have full support here from ownership to do it the way that you want to do it and and you're well on your way yeah it definitely helps to have that support um i think just you know the group that we have and specifically the coaches that that i work with on a daily basis um like we want to win we want to win more than anybody else right and that's within our organization is what we see it right that's this is the thing that we work on every day and, uh, and, and do whatever we think is best for this organization to win. Um, and we bring in some players that feel the same way, right? There's, we're not okay. Just saying, Hey, we're, we're going to, you know, win four years down the road here, but we have, what I don't want to do is put our organization in a, in a spot where now, you know, if we don't win in the next two years, we're going to have to go through the process again. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, we, we have, you know, Thomas McConvey coming in this year, you know, some of the really high draft picks that we've had and Ryan Reese, um, you know, Ryan Smith, we've traded a few, you know, we, we brought in Connor Fields with one of our first round picks. So the guys we have, uh, Matt Gilray, so not to, you know, exclude other players that are very important to us, but 
those players that we've used our first round picks on yeah. either through trade or, you know, acquired them in the draft, those, those players are, are going to be with us for, you know, still a, a long time, right? We have a, a lot of years ahead of us with a core group that we really believe in. Um, and the guys that have signed with us in free agency or we brought in, you know, maybe a little bit on the older side, those guys, you know, we want to make sure we're, we're doing right by them as well and putting us in a situation where we can win a championship. You know, we've got two younger goalies that, uh, that we really believe in. Rylan Hartley came in last year and, you know, he, uh, he showed us why we've been investing in him and, um, he's going to take another step forward this year for us. We know that. Um, so, you know, we do have the support and I think being clear with our, our process and our plan has been helpful with that, knowing that, you know, Hey, we're not going to come in and, do I like to believe that, you know, that COVID year, I think we started off two and one and we felt really good about it and just things really worked against us and not to make excuses, but it just didn't go our way. Yeah. And we felt like we, that year we made, we, we deserved a little bit better or maybe had a, from our end, had a better group that what showed in our record. So the jumps that we've taken and, you know, the increase in wins last year, I think it could also be looked at as, Hey, we maybe should have had a few more, than we did have, you know, in previous years, and we were that much closer than maybe people had seen. So, um, you know, we do have the support, and and that's been helpful, right? It, it, you know, at the end of the day, we have to kind of live with ourselves and know that we're doing things the way we believe is right, whether it is or not. That's we're going to stick to that, and we're going to keep focusing on what we can control and and the process that we believe in. I, I kind of feel like you're reading my mind a little bit because you're mentioning all these guys that I want to touch on. Why don't we we start with uh, the number one overall pick, the Virginia man in Thomas McConvey, who makes his way into your training camp this year. Danny, tell me about this guy. I mean, he is an absolute weapon. What 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 is this guy going to bring to the table for you? Uh, a lot. You know, I think starting off with his character, um, again, like the other guys that we've either picked in the draft or traded for uh, just really high end character guys. And he's, he's right there with those, those guys that we've had on our team. Um, tremendous teammate, really good person. Uh, he's, he's going to work hard. He's going to, you know, he's a very skilled player. He's going to come in and, and, uh, and work well with his teammates. Um, he's skilled. He's had a lot of success in box in his career. You know, I think you go back and, and look at, you know, I think the one year he, um, the year before numbers. COVID, yeah, yeah, like you just you, you look to the success he's had, and sometimes it takes it takes a year or two for guys. So for our expectations, we really believe in him. We expect him to be, you know, really good for us and help us win games this year. Um, but he hasn't played box in a few years, and you know, I, I seeing him in the first weekend in camp, we were really excited. Um, you know, we got a couple guys who are working their way back into, into full contact. So we didn't get to see him working with, you know, Connor Fields is right. another lefty, a couple other guys that were, you know, having to do a little bit of limited, uh, you know, drills and, sure. and throughout the practice, yep. but um, he's going to bring a lot. He's, he's a big man that is going to be tough to, to defend. And 
when he starts to get his rhythm and gains the chemistry with our guys, he's just another scary addition to our team. Well, give me give me an update on on Connor Fields here. Fifty two Genos for you guys last last season, Dan, and I I know you want Connor to keep that up. Got a little dinged up uh, in that other league near the end of the season. Where is is Connor at, and and what do you what's the timeline when you expect him to return to full contact? He'll be. What we expect is in full contact in a couple of weeks. So we play um, against Buffalo in a scrimmage this Sunday. I don't think we're going to be wanting to to kind of get him into that. Um, but he's ready. He's good. He um, what a stud! Like what a great guy! What a- well, speaking of a couple of years, right? Like he, you know, kind of toiled a little bit in San Diego. Didn't you know he's playing behind a couple of guys? But as soon as he found himself into a number one role. Like it just like he took off like a rocket ship. He he's really invested um, for a guy that he's he's leaner, right? He's really quick. Um, we do some test strength testing and super impressed with his numbers. Like you wouldn't believe how the size of him, how strong this guy is, and um, super quick. As you see on the floor, right? You you do get to see that. Uh, I haven't seen a guy shoot the ball like that. I don't know if ever. Um, he's just got a he hammers the ball and it's accurate. And, um, every time he shoots on our goalies in practice, I kind of cringe, but, um, <laughs> he's, he's just a true pro. The guy loves it here. Um, we're really lucky to have him. And, you know, when we brought him in, do we, you know, we can't say that we thought he'd score 50 and over hundred points, but, but knew that there was a high ceiling and he really believes in himself. He has confidence here. So we're really excited. He, he's going to be a hundred percent. So we're not worried, you know, about, uh, about the injury that, Good. you know, he, he had, you know, in the summer. So we're, we're okay there. Um, and you, you don't know, have to worry. Uh, you don't have to yeah. worry about him taking off uh, on a honeymoon in the middle of the season either, I guess. Well, he, you know, he's got, uh, <laughs> he's got a little one on the way. I don't know if I'm able to share that or should share that or not, but uh, we might miss him for, uh, okay. for a game. So it's uh fingers crossed, but yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, he means a lot to, to our team and um, lucky that he's, you know, again, anything can happen at any time with these guys, right? Like you're at home and something can happen, but yeah. um, you know, we're, we're glad that he's not going to be missing any time through the season from that injury. All right. Take me through draft day here, Dan, and, and the deal that you make with first Buffalo to exchange picks there. You go out, <coughs> excuse me, and you get Graydon Hogg. Is it Hogg or is it Hogg? Hogg. Okay. Graydon Hogg. And then next pick, uh, trade it off to Calgary and, and bring in Kyle Waters as you exchange him for, for Hoagie and, and Vela. Just walk me through the, the mindset, the process one pick earlier, you make a deal, and then the next pick, you, you get your guy, and then you trade it. Uh, explain this deal to me because it, it it was quite interesting to me to to kind of watch play out on draft day. So, Graydon Hogg's a guy that for a number of years now I've been looking at to you know try and find a way to get on my team. And why he's yeah, a guy? That tell me not why. Lot, you'll see when he starts to play, and if guys like go and watch him, and you know in Albany this year, he's. Uh, he's just one of those guys you want on your team. He works extremely hard. Um, again, another high, high end character guy. Um, he'll be, a, he'll wear a letter in this league at some point. He's okay. just, he's just that type of guy. It just, there's so many good things about this guy. And, you know, again, I think the difficult thing with, with the last few years with us scouting and, and trying to evaluate guys is we haven't seen them a lot. It's been difficult with, 
with COVID and, and just the way things have kind of changed over the last few years. So we, we just, you know, we, I've seen enough of him. I, I had him in Ireland with the, the, you know, the junior Canadian team that it was U 21 at the time and just see his compete level, his skill level, his motor and his willingness to just do whatever needs to get done. So um, there's a lot of really good qualities about him that we're excited to showcase and have him come in and, and earn a spot on our team. And, and uh, you know, I had him ranked higher than where we got him. Wow. And I know a lot of teams had him ranked lower, right? But hmm. again, Funny how that works, eh? Like, I, I don't know, you know, everything, and, and I'm sure everybody kind of does it differently as far as what kind of boxes they're looking to check off. But I always find that very, very interesting how – some guys will rate way higher than others, and, and other guys will rate really like it, it. It's almost I don't know, like it, it's personal preference, I suppose. But you know, you're gonna have your guys that are consensus this. But how do you go in evaluating a guy? Like, what types of things are you looking for when you go to rate a guy for an entry draft? Uh, obviously, skill level has to be there. So if if a guy's just a really nice guy, a really good guy, good team guy, and he just he can't play to this level then I'm out. Yeah. Like I'm they've, out, they've got it. They've got, you've got to check that box of the <laughs> skill level. And then the, you know, the other stuff that comes along with that, we, we rank pretty high. So again, the, the character that I keep mentioning that, yeah. that to me is very important when you have a guy that you know is going to put the work in that you can trust that is, that is going to be a great teammate positive and, and, uh, and come in and compete and know that this means a lot too. And again, part of it is he, I, I have a, you know, have built a relationship with him through working with Lacrosse Canada. Uh, we had him in the fall classic this October. And, and I just, I was like, wow, like the, yeah. this super excited now to like see him and, and, uh, and know that we felt like we got it right. But going back to, you know, kind of, you mentioned, and everybody's a little different the way our league works too. It's still, you know, based on location to a certain extent. Sure, right. So, sure. you know, we have, we, we drafted Rylan Reese, you know, the second overall years ago. And there's a big commitment to that on his end and ours, right. To, to relocate him here. Have, there's a, there's a process there that makes things a little bit more challenging. So when you have teams that are based at West and you have guys that are comparable in their, in their skill level, you know, obviously there's needs, right. You have righty offense, lefty goalie, you know, defense, whatever you're looking for. Um, now you got to manage, the, the fact that these guys are in different areas and coming into the over the last few years coming into the draft at different times so you know everybody has their their guys that they're looking for and and you know I think usually the top guys are the top guys but even even so you're going to have dice was an easy one that's that's a consensus one but after that you know even Quatris I think might be that too but you're going to have three four five six that you know you might have flipped with half the teams yeah uh, so you know it everybody's going to be different in their evaluation and the guys that they like and don't like and for different reasons um you know you look at size you look at athleticism and um it's there's a lot that goes into it right but you know we try to avoid just looking at stat lines on guys and and uh and there's some guys that might not look hard either yeah there's there's just a lot of stuff and you know you watch you know certain guys on our team that you kind of look at them and their stature and where they're at. And then, you know, if you actually focus in on them, you're going to realize that they're better than you would think they are. Yeah. Um, 
Well, speaking of liking and, and not liking, Dan, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm looking at your schedule here, and look at this. Roughnecks, Rush, Warriors, Seals, right out of the gate. You don't play the Bandits until game five. You have to like that. And uh, you're going to see some new teams, two at, two at home, two on the road out of the gate here as well. What do you what do you think of the Nighthawks schedule this season? I every every year you have to just go into it and try and find the positive in it. Um, you know the the logistics of the schedule usually is the first thing I look at and and wanting to to be you know easier for the guys right and knowing that we're not going to have you know back to backs can be difficult yeah. and certain you know certain travel games are going to be difficult. So it's one of those things that we just have to accept and know that hey we've this. This is who we've got, right? This, these are the teams that we're going to focus on. It does create more challenges and, and make it a little more difficult for coaching staff that are used to the, playing the same teams, you know, two, three times a year, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot more preparation when you got to prepare for Calgary and Vancouver and Saskatchewan that you don't normally see. But it's to me, it's fun. It's it's going to be exciting to have that change in our league to know that you know our fans are going to get a, a look at different teams. Um, you know, I, I don't usually go into the league saying or into the season saying, ah, oh, okay, I'm glad I got this team because you it, just it's don't just, know. yeah, you never know what you're going to get each night. And, and, you know, we've, we've last year, we, Buffalo was top team. We beat them out of, I think we played them yeah. twice and we, we yeah, won yeah. once and, and then Albany was lost. We lost to them. So like, it just, it does start counting wins and losses before yeah. you even play the game. You're in trouble. Yeah, we're focused on we gotta you know we gotta win that first game. That's our focus, and then we gotta move to the next game. And it's you know we we go through the process of learning as much as we can and and taking whatever we can from that win or the loss and turn our focus to the next game. So we're I don't look at the schedule trying to you know get excited about any particular game. It's we we've got a group here that we're excited and we have to make sure they're prepared, ready to go for for every game. I I find it a little curious this year, Dan, that, you know, we're going to see a new captain in Saskatchewan, Albany, uh, New York, uh, I want to say San Diego, Rochester as well. Is Paul Dawson no longer your captain, no longer with the team? I don't know if you can break the news here on Lax Class or not, DC. Uh, do you, have you named a new captain yet, or are you going to wait on, on that a little bit? No, um, we haven't done that yet. Um, you know, we're kind of letting things play out here over the next few weeks in training camp and, and see where we, we land on that. Uh, we definitely have some, some great leaders in our locker room. And, um, you know, I kind of going back to the original kind of question or, or mention about the draft, right? We did trade, you know, Hogarth and Vela and we brought in the 16 pick, which, the you know, uh, McDonald was a definitely a guy that we had high on our list as well. So mm-hmm. able to get him and Kyle Waters, we believe could could really you know take a step with our organization. And you know, given this opportunity, you know, knowing how well he played in junior A and what he's done in senior, we f- feel like he's a guy that um, you know can really help us here. And you know, that kind of goes with some of the other guys that we're you know we're missing. And you know, Paul Dawson did a fantastic job for us you know, in the last few years as our captain and we're going to have to, um, you know, kind of move on to, to somebody else and, and that role is going to need to be filled. So we're, we're definitely, we've got a good group that we're excited about, but we, we haven't made that decision or, um, you know, willing to, 
to let you know at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just looking at your website here, Dan, and this is brilliant. I don't know if this is your idea or Ripper's idea or what, but the player tracker uh, feature here where you have how much time is left on each player's contract. Take note of this, other teams, and every team should be doing something like this. So well done, whoever's idea that was. But I'm just uh, scanning up and down here. You bring in a guy like Connor Farrell, who's, you know, been lingering around, kind of waiting to get an opportunity. I'm excited to see what he can do in the face-off dot. A couple other guys here that that maybe through camp that has kind of piqued your interest. I mean, a guy like Greg Harnett, uh, Danny, coming out of the woodwork uh, for who hasn't seen any action in a long time. You bring back uh, old Stevie Keel, who – you know, where it all began for him, and, and he's still got some gas left on the tank. But, you know, maybe uh, spotlight a, a guy or two that uh, after a couple of weeks of camp here that has piqued your interest. Yeah, as far as the stats, that def- I cannot take credit for okay. that. Uh, okay. So I, I don't even – I don't go on the, the, the website too often. But uh, Emily Wade and uh, Warren Kozel, I believe maybe they kind of worked on that. And Kudos that to idea. them. Maybe we'll throw Ripper in there, too. We'll oh, give yeah. him a little credit, but yeah. definitely <laughs> I cannot take any for it. Yeah, you know, bringing some of those guys in and, and Harnett, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, watched against Colorado for a number of years and, and did not like him on the floor, but knew that, you know, he, he'd be a guy that you'd want on your team. Yeah. So bringing him in um, to give an opportunity to, right? It's been a few years, and I think that's sometimes, you know, guys are getting closer to the end of the career or missing time. It's you know, you got to make a decision whether you think that they can fight for a spot or not. So Craig, he came in first weekend and worked his butt off and we're going to give him an opportunity. Um, we like to think that we're a lot deeper than we have been. So I don't think it's a, you know, it's, it's a, a shoe in for some of these guys to come in and just say, Hey, but they're going to, we're going to. I'm a vet. I'm making this, this team. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be something that guys, you know, are definitely earning. Um, you know, Connor Farrell, like you mentioned, he's, He's a guy that uh, has had a lot of success in the summer. And um, we we have another guy in Joe Post that he's local here, Canandaigua. Yeah. Um, so Connor had surgery. So he, he missed the first weekend. He'll probably miss um, the remainder of camp. And uh, and Joe, you know, is just one of those guys that he's tough as nails, um, came in incredible shape. He's, he's definitely uh, a guy that when he decides he's in, he's in. And um he's a super competitive kid that is one of those guys that just won't accept to fail I, that just that's just the way he is so um you know when it comes to our face-offs we got a couple of guys to battle there the halsey's done a fantastic job for us we want to kind of lighten his load a little bit and not have to have him take every face-off so um that'll play itself out over the next you know few weeks what is the Who plan for the next few yeah. next plan well just you know give me your plan for the next few weeks here dan i know uh what what are we like two and a half, three weeks away from the, the season starting. What's the plan for the next couple of weekends here for Rochester? So we have uh, camp this, actually, we, we, we go tonight in Brampton, and then we have uh, a practice and then a scrimmage in Buffalo Saturday, Sunday. So scrimmage them Sunday morning. We're against Georgia on the 18th in, uh, in Toronto at the track. And then we have, um, we have a scrimmage on the 25th here at home versus new york so um yeah right. uh, yeah we got we got some decisions to make and they're going to be difficult but definitely exciting stuff for us with the group that we have 
Well, I'm excited to see how it plays out here for the Nighthawks. Say hi to Hazer and uh, Thule for me, and uh, enjoy your daughter's birthday, Dan. Uh, I really appreciate you making some time here on Lacrosse Classified here for, for Nighthawk fans and classmates alike uh, to give us a little peek behind the curtain for the upcoming Nighthawk season, man. Good luck this year. Thank you. Much appreciated. Much appreciated for you as well. There he is, general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Stan Carey, joined the team in 2018 and uh, has just steadily improved this franchise, and I would expect that trend to continue in Roch Vegas this season. Let's take a break. We're going to quarter number four, as we'll have Lax Glass Locks and Quick Sticks on the other side. Stay right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Paul Day. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class into the fourth and final quarter, which means no more breaks here on the podcast. It does mean, however, that I would like to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast and review the podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast right now. You can also follow us on social media at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. At Lax Class on Twitter, uh, email address is lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Speaking of Instagram and Twitter, um, we forgot to or failed to mention the November campaign that uh, is well underway now, Tino. We're a weekend. You actually kind of chirped me that you can really see my mustache yet. It's bright <laughs> in here. My hairs are starting to turn white and gray now, Tino. But I tr- trust me. It's there. I can feel it. I can see it. Yours is, uh, you got the jump. You're, you're looking good over there. And I'm happy to announce that we have uh, exceeded our initial week one goal of $100. I don't know if I'm happy. I am happy because I think it's great that people are supporting us, but it's not great because now I am stuck with this thing for another week on my lip. So... We're over 100 bucks. We're well away from 200. You want me to keep this thing? Pictures are coming today or tomorrow. I'll get it up there. Uh, uh, we got we got to get to 200 if you want me to keep this thing past the midway mark of the month here. How how are you feeling about yours, Tina? I feel great about mine. Uh, I think I've never been uh, in a more attractive state. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting funny looks from people, uh, all day, every day, which I'm sure is like, uh, you know, like in a positive way, I'm sure they're not uh, looking at me. Like I, I look like some weirdo or whatever, but, uh, you know, this isn't really as much about me. This is about the lax classmates trying to uh, embarrass you as much as possible. So remember everybody, if you want them to keep this thing, Let's get those donations flowing here. We got uh, another week to get uh, roughly another hundred bucks. And then that mustache has got to stay for at least another week. And remember, if you do want it to be guaranteed to stay for the month, we got to hit that goal of five hundo. So you could either donate by going to the Instagram page. You can see it like right at the top of the page or uh, if you go to the links are in the bios. Yeah, exactly. Go to the Movember page. Either way, it works great. I'm surprised Dowick just hasn't tried to sewer me and just like lay down the five honey, like right. Up there. <laughs> Speaking of that guy wakes me up with this, like Seattle Seahawk disdain tweet about the Russell Wilson trade and how, 
You know, it's not looking so good for Seattle after a blowout loss to Baltimore and that everything's sunny and rosy down there in Mile High. And I'm just like, man, you're going to learn the hard way about Russell Wilson and what kind of teammate that guy is, buddy. So just uh, <laughs> simmer down over there. Uh, speaking of Dalek, I don't know if he'll do it now, but maybe he'll come on next week to preview the <laughs> Toronto Rock. Maybe we have Chugger and Dowick on at the same time and do Toronto and Buffalo together. Not a, not a bad idea. And I, I want to say as well with the order here, because I, I was we regular season, not, you know, we didn't go playoff format, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I was like confused before we hopped on here. I was looking and I was like, how, how are we ending up with Buffalo and Toronto being the last teams? 15, so I was like looking at, at our, how we recorded it. So we started off with Albany, on their own like that was and like that was the first team and it was the only team there and then we didn't start going back and forth east and west until like the third rendition so we did vegas and vancouver uh, on their doesn't own. So matter we're getting all 15 in you know, we're there we're almost at the finish line we're almost there and then uh hopefully we can get uh either zachy courier or reed reinhold on hopefully we can get the commissioner brett fruit and if uh if we can squeeze in a quick chat with uh crew chief todd lebranche or even brian lemon before the season begins we want to do that as well as we're just like weeks away now man so pretty exciting stuff which also means before we get into lax class locks here, uh, I'm happy to announce that who you got is back up for year number four here. Evan took the the time and set it up. Only unfortunate part is the last couple of years, Evan's just been able to send out a new link to everybody that was signed up in previous years. I guess they've changed up their software or something. He's unable to do that. So we're kind of starting from scratch in that regard. But if you're on who you got last year, you have an office pool, junkie account. It's super simple. Just log in and search up lacrosse classified. Boom. You're back in this year's confidence pool. If you're new to the podcast and haven't played who you got yet, well, get ready for some fun as essentially the confidence pool. I'll explain this now and I'll explain it before we get going for, for week number one as well, but there'll be a game, you know, number of games listed. It's a confidence pool. So, this year, there is nine games in one weekend. I think twice, actually. So number nine is always the game that you're the most confident in. Whatever that game is, take Saskatchewan at Halifax. If you think that's an absolute lock for one team or another, that is the team that you want to apply the number nine to. Then eight is your next confidence game, seven all the way down to whatever it may be. Some weeks it may be five, some weeks it may go down to one. So it's a confidence pool. So even if everybody has the same picks, somebody puts more confidence in one game than the other, they could finish with more points that week, depending on where they applied their confidence number two. Hopefully that makes all sense. Once you get in there and start looking at it, don't forget to save your picks once you're done. You also need to put in Total amount of goals for the final game of the week for all tiebreakers to be settled. So it'll give you a drop-down tab. You think how many total goals between the two teams are going to be scored in the final game of the week, and then save your picks. The other feature that you need to take advantage of, because it happens, is automated picks. You can go all home teams, all road teams, or random picks, but make sure you click on that tab so if you happen to be late or miss a week or miss a game on a Friday or something, 
that they'll pick at least one team for you automatically so you're not getting a zero for that game. Yeah, I got sewered by that uh, a couple of times last year. So yeah. make sure to turn that feature on. And it it's just like it's a fun little way in the same way that like people play fantasy or where people like bet on on other games or whatever that aren't a team that you're a fan of or something. If you're like a Vancouver fan and you're only planning on watching the Vancouver games, like this is a fun way for you to get a little bit more involved and and have a little bit more interest in the other teams in the league because you have some prizes that are potentially on the way. So uh, it's, it's cool. And it takes like two minutes to get done. So absolutely. You can do it right off your phone. Bingo, bango, just log in, make your picks, save them and you're done. Speaking of prizes, I mentioned uh, Stampy tech no longer with us, but cool bet has been with us for a while now and they're kind of in the, pick em game if you will tino and i think uh our, our buddy patches and the good folks at cool bet are hopping on board here with uh with with who you got and we're in negotiations here as far as prizes and stuff go but look for uh some cool bet stuff to be involved and in regards to the grand prize i'm still trying to kind of nail this down as well but I'm hoping my good friends at Mohawk Lacrosse may be involved with the grand prize if you smell what I'm cooking there, Tino. So, lot up for grabs, weekly prizes, and a grand prize for our fourth year of our NLL Pick'em. Who you got with two T's? Tino, I should probably just explain this now since I'm <laughs> on a roll. Why two T's in who you got? Well... One, because a lot of people like to do the whole who you got thing, and adding two T's separates us from all the other pretenders. The other thing is, is it's a lifelong struggle to let people know there is two T's in Elliot, which constantly gets spelled wrong, which is a major pet peeve of mine for whatever reason now. It's like a mission. Anytime I see it, I have to say something about it. I'm at that point in my life. So who you got? And got is with two T's, and that is why. Are we good? Write it down. Write it down, people. Write it down. Okay. Glad we got that covered off. Let's get into it here. It's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hear by the club, lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Lax class locks are brought to you by CoolBet.com. CoolBet.com, if you're new, like I said, new to the podcast, you haven't signed up for CoolBet yet, well, what are you waiting for? All you have to do is sign up for your account, takes a couple of minutes before you make your first time deposit put in the bonus code one word lax class l-a-x-c-l-a-s-s lax class and cool bet will match your first time deposit up to two hundred dollars you put in two hundred they give you two hundred dollars free i can't stress that enough free money just by using the bonus code Lax class. And then once you're signed up, search up Lacrosse Classified in the little search bar there. And Lacrosse Classified Parlay will show up. And I mentioned in quarter one, we're going Canadian style here for this one. And we've been on a losing streak. Let's not kid ourselves. So why not take a bit of a home run swing here and go after? There's two CFL playoff games, one in the East, 
one in the West, and we're taking the Argos at minus 10.5 to beat Montreal. It's a big number, but the Argos had the bye. They're rested. They're at home, and they're a big favorite in this game, and we're taking the Boatman, and we're going under in this game at 50.5. So I think a bit of a defensive struggle here, but the Argos cover the points. Then the BC Lions are into Winnipeg for the West Division Final. And you're kidding yourself if you think I'm betting against the Lions here. Plus four and a half. We're taking the points and we're going over 49 and a half because I think these two offenses are going to light it up in the West Division Final. And we're getting a big number here, Tino. Over plus 1,300, I want to say, for a two-game, four-game parlay here. Two spreads. Two over-unders, but only two games to get right. I think we can do this, and if we hit this one, we're on easy street here leading up to Christmas time, okay? So uh, what do you think here? Argos in the under, Lions in the over. Let's get it. Go Lions, baby. There's your lax class locks and or lock. I guess it's just one. And now it's time for Quick Sticks. Quick sticks, 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 quick sticks are brought to you by Stampy Tack and Western Wear. They're out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Get out there to Cloverdale. Check out their big selection of boots, work boots, riding boots, motorcycle boots, cowboy boots, blundstone boots. All the boots at Stampede Tack, or you can hop online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. As uh, Quick Sticks here, Tino, Brett Manny, captain of the Albany Firewolves, no more is uh, old Brett Manny hanging him up after an illustrious career. Right away, you're uh, in the bad books because you said Albany rather than Albany. Ah, so uh, the Albany fans are going to be none too happy with you on that, uh, that announcement. Uh, probably not happy about Brett Manny retiring either. Yeah, it certainly leaves uh, leaves a hole there, and it, I'm sure they're going to have kind of the next man up mentality. But uh, you know, when we were talking to Glenn Clark, De- Glenn Clark earlier in the in the previews, like he was talking about the the time frame, like the window that they were looking into to be able to try to rebuild or retool or get this next wave in. So. Um, I don't know if this necessarily like speeds up that process, but it it certainly puts them towards that that next chapter. So it'll be interesting to see now who takes into that role of uh, of the leadership group going into the new season here. Absolutely, I'm I'm excited to see who they they slap the C on there in Albany. Uh, but what a career for Manny! Over 200 games, one of the best American defenders to do it. A longtime leader through the Black Wolf organization, right into to the Firewolves as well, Philadelphia, all of it. Um, and a real good guy. And I think Patty had a, a great suggestion to get him up into a broadcast booth at some point because I think he's just kind of built for that role after his playing career. Um, speaking of captains, the New York Riptide name Damon Edwards, their new leader there on Long Island. And the, the video where they announced it was, was so cool. You can just tell how much respect there is for a guy like that in the room, talking about how like he's a guy that just comes to work every single day and, and willing to like put his body on the line and lead by example. So 
Uh, pretty cool stuff there. Well-deserved. And I got to say as well, while we're talking about the riptide, I don't know if you've seen these in some of the, the media pictures that they've been putting out uh, with the team and the and jerseys and stuff, but these helmets oh. that the riptide have are unbelievable. They look so good. If you have not seen them yet, go to their Twitter page and go look at some of these pictures. You might have to like zoom in a little bit because the picture isn't necessarily specifically about the helmet, but you will not be disappointed. Yeah, I, I think having uh, Diker there, who's got a pretty good eye for fashion, I'm usually kind of on the same level as him as far as our likes and dislikes with jerseys. I think he might have a little influence on, on what looks good there in Long Island. Moves here. A bunch of moves have come in over the transaction wire. I don't really want to run through it all. Just, you know, a lot of cuts coming from a lot of teams after a couple of weeks of camp here. I think, you know, one of the most notable things that kind of jumped out is Matt Rambo on the holdout list. Uh, I mean, okay. I'm not really that surprised in all honesty. Like I look at what Philly's trying to do. And especially with Mitch Jones going in there, I think you saw uh, a little writing on the wall. Yeah. I don't really see that much of a future for Matt Rambo with the wings. And I mean, I'm sure he could find a spot on a roster elsewhere, but you know, to me, and I'm I'm just trying to be like as honest as possible here. I don't really think there's much of a future in the NLL for a guy like Matt Rambo. The last couple of years, I think his production has gone down so much. I think he is more so of a field player. And that's not to insult guys that are more so field players. I just think that he really utilizes having the open space to be able to work with and, and to be able to use his frame to get in tight on, on the big sticks and stuff. I don't really think he fits in at the very least with the wings. And in all honesty, I'd have a hard time saying he fits in with a handful of rosters in the league. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair comment. You know, I don't think you're, you're too far off base there. Rambo. What at one point might've been the, the hottest player in lacrosse as far as winning goes. Like he was doing it all with team USA and the whip snakes and, you know, coming off a of college collegiate win and, he was looking good, but uh, not in the NLL this year. We'll see if maybe next year. Uh, which, you know, I, I heard whispers of already uh, the leadership at, at the Premier League kind of banding the idea of paying their players enough money for them not to play in the National Lacrosse League. And I, you know, I haven't followed up on this. This is just something I kind of heard, which... It's pretty discouraging to hear something like that, especially after just signing a kind of a memorandum of understanding with a bunch of other high-profile lacrosse organizations, World Lacrosse, the National Lacrosse League included. Elevate 28, which is kind of the, the genesis of it, is all these organizations and powers in lacrosse band together to do what's right and what's best for the sport. And I'm just not so sure telling guys, hey, I don't want you playing professional box lacrosse. How much is it going to cost me to to make you not do that? I don't know. I Maybe maybe the NLL starting to go down that road as well. I don't know. But it just seemed uh, a little, little fishy timing to hear something like that right after they signed this kind of agreement. Elevate 28. How about our boy Adam Levy? Front and center at the New York Stock Exchange for the big picture there. The guy's right in the middle of all these, like, right at the Stock Exchange. Uh, I don't know how he wormed his way right to the front of the picture. I have a feeling now that 
uh, Adam is, is back in New York now. I was on, I had a phone call with him a couple of weeks ago and just, just talking about like how the move went and, and his plan for the season and stuff. Sounds like he's going to be doing even more work this year than he was doing last year. He's going to be doing a ton of traveling. I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing Adam in kind of the front row of a ton of pictures throughout this year. Like how in this one, you just, the camera's panning and you, it's kind He's of like a where's Waldo. Suit on and, yeah. yeah I, I think, I think we're going to be playing where's Waldo, but with Adam pretty much all season in videos and pictures. Yeah, he posted something about how many games he's going to this year. And I think it's upwards of like 23 and five or six different cities. So he'll be on the move for sure. And uh, his great coverage will continue. And uh, I think uh, maybe Preston's picks will be uh, a thing during the NLL season as well, from what I've been told. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the great Dane, ever hear of him? Dane Smith, five-year deal in Buffalo. That will make you sleep better at night if you're Steve Dietrich. And a little scrap at Bandit's camp as well. You see that? Did, right at uh, at center turf there. A couple local notes here, or at least one. Pat Coyle and Jason Bishop have stepped down from the senior Coquitlam Adnax. If you recall the dismissal of one Peter Tellis from the junior Adnax, if you recall some pretty good success there for Pat and Bish at the junior level with Coquitlam winning a couple of Mintos. And uh, expect Pat Coyle and Jason Bishop to be named head coach and assistant coach of the junior Adnax, I would think, in pretty short order as they host the Minto Cup coming up this summer. Uh, the last one I got, do you got any quick sticks, Dino? Uh, just keeping with that next up, I believe I saw that Scott Wortley is going to be like overseeing the junior program now well, as he's, well. He's always been with the juniors, but he was doing double duty with the seniors uh, as I well. See. Okay. So James Abbott, Scott Wortley, Pat Bish have all kind of separated themselves from the senior Adnacks who go out and actually hire a, a couple of kids that I coached way back in the year 2000, Tino, uh, in intermediate lacrosse in Coquitlam in Chase Dunlop to be the general manager and one Stephen McKinley to be the head coach. So pretty proud moment for yours truly to see two young guys that had coached over 20 years ago now taking the reins over the big club as GM and head coach. Uh, if you want to feel really old in the year 2000, I was in kindergarten. So move on. Pretty, pretty <laughs> sick. <laughs> sick. Uh, last one, I got some personal news here, Tino. Got a pleasant email on my Monday morning from uh, the league office saying that the Las Vegas Desert Dogs have been selected to appear on ESPNU three times this season. And myself, AJ Cannell, and Morgan Worth have uh, gotten the assignment for those oh baby so uh pretty exciting stuff right there that's huge congratulations right on a whole new audience going to be taking in the uh the jumbo tones blow the whistle let's play (laughs) are you going to be able to do that if you're doing color commentary i think i have to have like a chat with aj just to let him (laughs) maybe let me just clear the runway let me get that out and then you can i'm hoping that conversation goes (laughs) i gotta get the gotta have that in there tino that's like one of the signature staples this is gonna be like uh how like the quarterbacks will buy the defensive line like or, or like his offensive line as watches or whatever like treat treat the o-line nicely so that uh, they protect their quarterback or if somebody's trying to buy a number from from somebody else if they're used to you using one number and it's already up for grabs so they'll they'll pay for it maybe you'll have to pay your way to be able to stay in the line 
Uh, sorry, I was a little distracted there, just reading the text from Challenger. I, I think I'll save that information he just gave me for uh, for next week's quick sticks. I can't let that let that slip yet. Okay, I think that's it for quick sticks, and uh, I think that's it for the podcast as well. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Tino. I want to thank our sponsors, Mitch Jones Realty, Cool Bet. Rycor Construction, Stampy Tech, and of course, Associated Labels and Packaging for all the support here on the podcast. Of course, you, the classmates, for listening each and every week here to the show as uh, we could not be more excited to lead our way up to face-off weekend. And some exciting news will be uh, on the forefront as well in regards to sponsorship and all that sort of stuff in the next couple of months here as well. Who you got firing up? It's all coming together and. Uh, a lot of it is because you guys listen to this podcast each and every week. We thank you so much. We thank Pat Merrill and Dan Carey for coming on the program as well. Chugger and Dowick to round out our NLL. I don't even need to ask you this week, Tino. Buffalo, Toronto, round out our NLL season previews next week for EP 261, which will come out every week right here on Lacrosse Classified. For Santino Fair, I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on two feet. For the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.